Welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich. And I'm Vera Sarzano. And we would like to welcome you back to Season 6, Episode 7. Ciao, Vera. Ciao, Nathan. Episode 7? Are you sure? Can you believe it? We're flying across Italy, aren't we? Oh, we are, and it's been seven regions already. Which one was your favorite? Oh, gosh, don't make me choose. Every single time we were in a region, I thought, oh, my gosh, maybe this is where I should live. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite region that we've visited so far? No, I don't. I mean, it's... It's been weird for me, you know, because I'm the Italian here, and yet I was doing some research before every episode, and I found out so many things that I didn't know or just sort of forgot about it or gave it for granted. And wow, I was so impressed. Now I really want to visit them all. The other day, I was talking to one of my students, and I told something, I, I don't remember, I said something like, oh yeah, I wish... I could go somewhere nice, you know, and just relax for a couple of weeks and go into a beautiful place. And she looked at me and started laughing. And I was like, what? I was like, you're Italian. You cannot say I want to be somewhere beautiful. You are somewhere beautiful. Plus, you live in Tuscany, which is where everybody in the world thinks they want to go. I know, but this is home. This is where all the problems happen for me, you know. So that's it. Well, that's the way it is, I think, for everybody. But Vera, we are going to be pre-recording the next several episodes because I am getting ready to leave for California. So if you hear us in our Italian conversations talking about preparing to leave to California or what it's like to be traveling, it's because the next three episodes will be pre-recorded as I'll be traveling to visit family, to attend a wedding, and spend some time in California. Vera, let's get into our Italian conversation for the week, and let's do what we did last time, which is start with the English and then do the Italian. How does that sound? Sounds great. So what are you going to share with me today? Well, Vera, it's been a year since I was in California. And this week, I'm preparing to fly home to California to attend a wedding to stay with my grandmother, visit my family, and spend some time with friends. And I'm looking forward to this visit more than ever. One of the things that I've come to appreciate the most since moving to Italy is sharing time with loved ones that I don't see often. Because I don't see them often, I cherish every moment I spend with people back home in California. Veda, is there anything you'd like me to bring you from the United States? You're too sweet. You don't need to bring me anything. Just promise you'll call me because I cannot live a whole month without talking to you. I promise. And what have you done this week, Vera? Well, you know, lately my life has been pretty boring. I still have have many, probably too many things to do for the new house and everything. But I used to live in the comune of Castelnuovo Berardenga, so the municipality, right? Now I live in the comune of Asciano. So I went to the town hall to transfer my residence. I still have an old ID, Italian ID, and that is a document as big as a passport. And I hate it, (laughs) but I couldn't change it until its expiration date in 2027. But because I've transferred 
my residence, I can finally change it and get the new electronic one. And it is as small as a credit card. So I'll go tomorrow. Aha, uh -huh. so you're gonna have the same size that I have. Yeah, hopefully, because you know, I went there the other day and I asked if it was possible and they told me, yeah, but you have to come back with this document, this much money to pay and then the, 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 the stamp, I don't know, a lot of crazy things. So in Italy, you never know, but I'm getting there tomorrow and ask again for it. So let's see. Let me share uh, a few keywords to have our listeners. So the keywords for today are <clears throat> andare a trovare, andare a trovare. So this is very important. I cannot stress this enough. We don't say visitare una persona, so to visit someone, because only doctors visit people in Italian, you know, <laughs> check your polls and everything. So we say literally to go and find. I know it's like a scavenger hunt or something. You're like a detective. You go and find someone, but that's that's how we say. So andare a trovare, to visit someone. Then we have the verb promettere, promettere, pretty easy to understand. And another word that is pretty easy to understand, but I want all our listeners to practice because for some reason, it's really difficult to pronounce and it's carta d'identità, carta d'identità. So your ID. Va bene. Allora, Vera, è passato un anno dall'ultima volta in cui sono tornato a casa in California. Questa settimana sto preparando tutto per tornare a casa per un matrimonio. Starò da mia nonna e andrò a trovare la mia famiglia e i miei amici. Non vedo l'ora di essere là. Da quando vivo in Italia ho imparato ad apprezzare più che mai il tempo passato con i miei cari che non vedo spesso. È proprio perché non li vedo spesso. Quando torno in California mi godo ogni momento insieme a loro. Vera, che cosa vuoi che ti porti dagli Stati Uniti? Sei troppo gentile, non mi devi portare niente, ma mi devi promettere che ci sentiremo anche quando sarai in California. Non posso stare un mese senza di te. <ride> te lo prometto. E tu? Che cosa hai fatto questa settimana? La mia vita è un po' noiosa ultimamente. Ho ancora tante, anzi troppe cose da fare per la casa nuova. Prima abitavo nel comune di Castelnuovo Berardenga. Adesso invece abito nel comune di Asciano. Quindi sono andata in comune per prendere la residenza. Devi sapere che io ho ancora la carta d'identità vecchia, cioè un documento grosso come un passaporto. E non potevo cambiarla fino alla scadenza nel 2027. Adesso invece, siccome ho cambiato comune di residenza, posso avere la nuova carta d'identità elettronica, che è grande come una carta di credito. Domani vado a farla. Yeah! Mm -hmm. 
So hopefully you could understand what Vera and I were talking about. And let us know if you like this new technique that we're using of doing the whole conversation in English first and then the Italian version so you really know what we're saying and then you can really listen for it. I think it's better personally, but let us know what you think. So it's only been a few weeks since this couple and their three sons moved from California to the region of Piemonte and the city of Torino. Wow, only a few weeks with three sons maybe going to school? That's very brave. That's one word for it. Yeah, they've got three boys. They're all under the age of 10. And one of them is just a baby still. So they've got their hands full. I mean, it's hard enough to think about moving to a new country. But when you're bringing three little ones with you, I'm just so impressed. And you will be too when you listen to this conversation that I have with Andre and Barrett. They are quite an inspiration. It's really interesting to hear their perspective as fellow Californians. They're so lovely to talk to. It, it sort of made me a little homesick for California because I forgot what it was like to talk to real Californians. And now, as an Italian, I'm officially offended because you prefer talking to your Californian fellow than with all the 60 million Italians in this country? When did I say I prefer? All I said was it made me a little homesick to talk to someone from California the same way that you would be homesick if you moved to California and then talked to somebody from your home region. You would have the same exact experience. Okay, if you say so. I do. Well, let's jump right into this interview that I had this past week with Andre and Barrett. Welcome, Barrett and Andre. It's so good to have you here. Oh, we're so happy to be here. It's wonderful to talk to you, Nathan. We've, you know, we've been listening for a long time, and, and we've also become friends, and so it's, it's fun to do this together. We're your biggest fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, well, thank you. That's kind of you. And it is absolutely true in reverse, because I have been watching both of you and your family before you ever even moved to Italy. And you're still brand new Italy babies. Oh my gosh, I think we're a month and a half yeah, here. Yeah, a month and a half in. And uh, we're very a, fresh. We're very fresh. And it feels like in a weird way, we've been here for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, but we, we are definitely very fresh. It's an interesting thing when you go on vacation, you know, and you spend a few weeks in Italy or wherever, you know, you choose to go. But you're there's so much like, go, 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 go. And so much stuff is like all the fun stuff mm -hmm. that you uh, you kind of don't realize what it's like when you're actually in a place for, you know, not that long. And you're dealing with a lot of logistics and a lot of like the real day to day it just becomes a really different experience. Um, so it's been it's been pretty wild. We've been here for a month and a half, but at cer certain times it feels like a long, much longer than that. Well, yeah, I think setting up your daily life from the beginning in a new country where you don't speak the language and as adults having to relearn the most basic things every day, at least for me, has been so emotionally taxing and draining. It's like, okay, today we're going to tackle how to mail a letter. Today we're going to tackle how to pay for parking. 
today like these are the things that we're dealing with or let me go let me spend like three hours at uh the mobile phone shop yeah. you know <laughs> yep yeah um, it's humbling isn't it? it it is yeah i mean you really take for granted um how easily you know your life once was in a certain way you know and how how kind of things you do in your day to day it's just it's really autopilot it's so ingrained in you know the way that you've existed and grown and you know everything you know is like easily accessible and you know exactly how to handle so many situations and even when you don't you know you could get by and figure it out when you're here it's definitely a very different way of managing things never mind the cultural differences as well so you have a you know, you have these like language differences or language challenges, and then you have cultural differences as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're just dealing with, you know, the way cities work. Every region is different. Every city is different. Every town is different. It's truly like astonishing how you can go just a short distance and it's like, you know, it's a whole different kind of community somewhere else. Um, and with children, I think you're you're used to being this parent that knows how to do everything that can navigate the world in a confident way. And that has also been a challenge is you have three little kids and you're trying to do these basic things and do them efficiently and get them done. But you can't because you can't just go out and do this because you don't know how to ask for it. You don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to set it up. And so you find yourself constantly trying to just have patience and re-regulate so that your kids are also not freaking out because what's going on with mom and dad? What's happened to them? Which has definitely happened. Many times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Kids are the best because kids just, they don't question the same things we do. They just no. take things as they come so much better. Whereas we want to know the deeper meanings behind everything and that's why it's so beautiful to be a, a, a healthy, grounded, just free kind of child, which I can tell is the way you raise your sons, by the way. From what I see, you guys are just killing it in the parenthood oh, department. Thank you. We're really, we're, we're really um, excited about this whole journey. And, you know, we've been trying to really share that excitement with the kids and, and, and just together. I mean, we've talked about doing this for quite some time. Um, my father is from Puglia, from a, a village called Putignano, and um, so that's kind of the tie to Italy. And I've been coming here, you know, for for many years um, as a visitor and, and seeing family and, you know, accepting relatives back in America as well and things like that. Um, and so Italy has always had a special place for, for me. And then when Barrett and I met, and we're both just obsessed with food and beverage culture and you know, this is like a real um, major, major part of our life is is like food and beverage. And um, we will travel for. Yeah, years. we will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we'll travel for. It's a tomato. <laughs> yeah, we'll travel for, for so much stuff when it comes to food and, and things like that. But we we had decided to um, to, you know, make this the location uh, because the food system is so incredible because, you know, the, the network of food is so incredible. Um, the respect for food and, and the way that people enjoy food is so incredible. 
And so these are things that were really important to us. Also, we just, you know, we love kind of certain things about this, the Italian way of life. Definitely do not care for the bureaucratic system of doing things here. But, um, but in terms of the way of life here, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, and we, you know, we just found this to be um, a place that we also had the ability to get the EU citizenship uh, first. And then, you know, if we decided to go somewhere else, it would be much easier. But also mm-hmm. moving our kids to our kids, they were a huge part of why we did this at this time. We have a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. And we really felt like they're still at a young age where um, they can make this transition. Of course, there's been moments where they've been unhappy or it's been challenging, especially for our oldest son. But they can make this transition and learn a language and um, enter into a new school and all of these things. I mean, children are so resilient and they're really showing us just how they can adapt. They already have friends. They're eating foods they would never have eaten if I had packed them in a lunch. Which is just incredible. It really is. And so that was a big part of it looking at the age they are and saying, let's do this now. Why we can all have this experience together. We're not pulling, you know, our son from high school, from all of his friends he's known for his entire childhood. Um, and then and he's hating us for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> We're a big part of why we did this at this moment and didn't wait until, you know, they were all grown up to go to live in Italy. And we had talked about one day retiring here. You know, that was always the conversation. It's like, you know, well, you know, in those golden years or whatever, when we're done working, we'll move to Italy or we'll move to Spain or, we'll, you know, we'll move somewhere in, in Europe that is Go exciting for us. Life. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then we realized that, um, you know, through through so many things that have gone on in the past years, especially with the pandemic, you realize the value of keeping those you love tight and close and um, and 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 realizing that this is the time is now, like yeah. this is our life now. This is this when is to you live your life. This today. is, you know, when are we ever going to have this kind of youth ever again? When are we going to have our kids at this age ever again? And um, we thought that the best way to take advantage of, of that recognition would be to like, just live our dreams or, you know, our, our ideas of what we think could be now and with them. So we take our kids along for the journey and through that experience with us, we could all, you know, experience it together. And then also if we decided to stay in Italy or in Europe or, you know, it gives the kids a reason to want to always return to us. Yeah. You know, they'll my, be connected to this place. They'll be connected to this place that means so much to us. And, and they'll be, you know, wanting to spend time here in their home and with us more. And, and I think that's something that we just want to always try and hold on to is, is, is keeping our kids tight, no matter how old they get, you know, I mean, my parents just retired not too long ago. I'm from New York and Barrett's from, uh, from Los Angeles, from California. And, um, my parents, uh, retired in Florida and I, and they seem to be quite happy, but frankly, you know, I find myself 
really not not too excited to go visit them in Florida and drag my family. You know, even when we were in California all the way to Florida, there's just a lot of limited things besides them that um, excite, excite it, us. Yeah. We have just no connection to it. Um, and so, you know, that was also, that kind of factored into our thinking too. Like, so crazy, you know, I, I, I want to be with my parents and see them, but it's so hard to be in this place that's, you know, not a place we particularly have a big tie or connection or enjoy, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, we, we, uh, we thought this was the right time to do this. For, for all of us. Um, and then also little Bruno, who's two, he's going to basically, you know, uh, I mean, he's already speaking more Italian than any of us. He'll be teaching us Italian. <laughs> the amazing thing is you get to learn Italian the way he learns Italian, which is the way that we all learned English. We're, We're trying to give yeah. them just more options, more possibility, yeah. more exposure, seeing that there is a bigger world out there and it's going to be easier to show them the bigger world being in, in Italy because you can travel much easier than trying to, you know, be a family of five traveling to Europe from Los Angeles. I mean, even the cost of that alone is insane now. It's become just like, uh, you know, just absurd, frankly, just to fly, never mind yeah. everything else. You know, and, and travel has always been just really important to Barrett and I and, and exposing our kids to, you know, the world and to see more of the world. I mean, we we kind of look at it like we want them to be global citizens, not like American citizens. You know, um, I think coming from America and, you know, in a weird way, I, I feel like we don't necessarily come from America, like Barrett's from LA. I'm from about 40 minutes north of the city. I've been in LA for the last almost 30 years. Uh, you know, LA and New York are, are not really America, you know, and it's it's a very mm -hmm. different kind of, the, like those places are, are not so representative of America, um, you know, true American kind of country. And, um, I think that there's a tendency, you know, in America, it's very like everything is about America first kind of a thing. And there's a lot of focus on, you know, the American culture and as the foremost culture and all this kind of stuff. And I just growing up having had the experience of being able to travel, I you saw also that had that an Italian father. Yeah, and I had an Italian father and, and my mom is from Colombia. So it just, you know, I knew that that there was, you know, there's more there's more culture, there's more of the world. And when you start to see how much that expands and, and when you travel more, it's just mind blowing yeah. how countries are so different yet so alike, how humanity is so different yet so alike. And I just think it really, you know, all the kids that I always met growing up that had the kind of experience that we're trying to provide for our children were always just so unbelievably dynamic and interesting and and um and very fluid with things and had like a real way of being that I, I always admired. And you know, it was something that we we really labored over over this decision to do this um at the time we have very heavily. And I mean we had many, many nights um and bottles of wine and 
fires set and, you know, over many meals, whether it was out to dinner or in our home, um, you know, many conversations with friends. I mean, this was like a like multi-year um, endeavor of arriving to the point to, to do it. And then, you know, within about a six month period, it was like full, you know, full swing. It was hard for me to wrap my mind around it for a long time. I'm from Los Angeles. It's really the only place I've lived outside of, we lived in Denver for six months, but I haven't lived anywhere else. It's, you know, where we've raised our kids so far. It's where our friends are. Neither one of our families are there anymore, but there's a real connection to and just ease of knowing how a city works there. And for me, it was hard to think of how do you do that somewhere else? Cause I haven't done that. Um, but then after just looking at a bigger picture at not looking at this moment, but the next 20 years, how do we want this life to grow? Once I was able to think about it from that viewpoint um, and I just made the decision, it felt like the right decision. Let's, let's try and do this. You know, um, it, it was really important for me to speak to the two of you at this point in the journey. I have not ever spoken to anyone on this podcast that is so recently moved. So I'm so sorry. Hold on. We have a buzzer happening. <laughs> and he's okay. buzzing. Oh, no problem. <laughs> the Amazon drivers are always yelling at us because if you're not here when they want to deliver, and then there's no way you're like, but I'm not home. And then they yell at us. Well, you, you want me to come back? And we're like, we don't know what the answer is, but <laughs> we're dropping the kids off. We'll we're we're used to that. We're used to you coming back. Like that's what we're used to, but I don't think they're used to that here. No, he's like, you ordered something. I'm like, I know, but the, you're here. It's 845. I'm dropping the kids at school. I didn't know the delivery was 845. I'm really sorry. And I'm saying it in English. And he's like, I don't speak English, speak Italian. I'm like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm working on it. I signed up for a class. <laughs> Please, oh man! Give me a little grace here, buddy. <laughs> so, have you been? Have the two of you, while Andre is picking that package up from the delivery yeah. guy, which is so hilarious. This is so perfect. It's, it's so perfect. How much have you leaned on Amazon since you moved to Italy? Well, at first, it wasn't working, and it was very difficult to do anything and we're running around and a whole day is spent trying to find socks for the kids. And I was just like, Andre, we have got to figure out this Amazon thing because we have so many little things we have to do. It can't be one day we get socks. One day we find a Brita. What, because the <laughs> whole day is spent doing the one thing because we don't know how to do it. And things are different here. It's like the supermarket doesn't have a thing here that the supermarket in Los Angeles sells. It's actually at a different type of store. So just the, just the path to discovery is so long. And of course, like anything, it's going to get easier. But right now, everything is such a long road to the end point that it was essential 
to lean on Amazon. And now we do have that figured out, sort of, but they do always yell at us because we are not home when they are delivering and that's not okay in Italy. They always have to re-deliver. <laughs> We're like the bane of their existence, the Americans yeah. who aren't home but ordered a package. Well, we have, well, we do have a porteneria, which is great, but she, she has been, they've been on vacation for like three weeks because they take vacation after. So they've kind of gone on vacation at the exact same time that we finally we got Amazon figured out here, that we arrived, that we started ordering stuff that we need to like save time. So anyway, I apologize for that. Uh, I had to dip out for a quick second. <laughs> it's all right. I filled yeah. it on Amazon. <laughs> that was actually perfect. We were able to cover something very practical about using yeah. Amazon. And really, I, I have tried so hard I mean, I have tried to avoid Amazon at all costs, yeah. but I also don't have three young kids that yeah. all have different needs. And I can just grab a set of keys as long as I don't have a work, uh, you know, I've got, I not only make my own schedule, I don't work a nine to five, but I also don't have children. So I don't, you can't hardly be any more free than that. So if you just need something, I just go out and get it. But if you've got kids at school with all the different schedules and all these different needs, I, I can't, and you just moved here and you're still trying to build up your inventory of life to, to you know, to, uh, how could you not, especially when you're used to using Amazon, how would you, and you don't know where anything is. That's right. <laughs> also, yeah. we don't have anything. Here, we have nothing so here. We have three children. Our container is running late, is running late, has been delayed another month. So we're also in, our apartment, but we don't have the basic things that we need to even cook something for the kids or in the way that we know, like we normally do. We've been, we've been functioning at like just such a low capacity, you know, uh, percentage of, Oh my God, the buzzer again. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I can't hear it because oh, okay. it, 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 this, the system blocks out the background noises. But oh, it's okay. We're getting a picture of, of what it's like. Some real life, you guys, real life. Um, but even, yeah, so we got here. It's like you don't have a pan to cook the pasta. You don't have a crib for Bruno to sleep in. Oh, no, I need diapers. Where do I go for diapers? I'm out of wipes. I mean, those kids start school. They don't have socks. They need rain boots. They need, and it's just so many things that to tackle all those not using Amazon it would just be an impossible thing at this moment. I, you know, I hope that we can get to a place where we then know the local shops that we can rely on. Cause obviously we're in this incredible city that does provide everything, but it will take a moment to navigate where those things are here because we are not used to that kind of layout and how the system works. We were like, Oh, you wouldn't go there for to get paper. I'm like, I need paper for a printer. <laughs> Please, someone help me. <laughs> <laughs> they have a shop here for like every little thing. And yes. if, and they don't have everything at any one shop like we're kind of used to. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. but it's learning like, what is that shop called that has that thing? Because it's in a different language. So, you know, I'm used to going to Staples and getting my office supplies. We, you know, but here... Everyone's like, oh, you can go to the market and get some paper. I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to go to the market and get the paper. <laughs> like, oh. You 
now. You just it's really um it's really humbling, as you had mentioned. It's also like in a weird way, fun. You and just, funny. We're just and laughing, it's fine. Like, like we 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 have a lot of laughter about it as much as we can. You break down and you're so you're about to explode, and then you just start laughing like wait this is where i get this thing or this is the only mop in italy there's one mop there's a, there's one. literally like only there's two one. or three kinds of mops <laughs> that we have found anywhere and we've looked all over because we're like no we want to get a mop like this because you're but again to go back to something we had touched on earlier it's really kind of wild to realize you're like this is there their life their like their this system. is all normal for them it's just weird and it doesn't make sense because we this is not our culture this is not our home this is not our place you know and and so like you know in america as we were saying you just don't even think about anything because it's all happened your whole life so you know exactly where to go buy this that do it like whether you even realize it or not there's also a million options for everything. You're like a mop. Do you want this kind or that kind or this kind of that? You know, there's yeah. a million things for everything in America. And so then you 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 have to like really figure out how to like how to find or get or you know locate or source or, and all these things are much different because you're just not used to their normal way. Their their way is totally normal for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even if it makes absolutely no sense to us. There are certainly things that even Italians are like, I don't even know why it's like that. But it's it crazy, but it is. But that's what they say. It yeah. doesn't make sense, but this is how it is. Yeah. Okay. And they will tell you when when there are those things for sure. Um, but like there's a, like for instance, like there's this obsession now with microfiber cleaning cloths. This is in Italy. Not like, crazy. Like I can't we normally have like cleaning rags that are cotton. That are cotton rags, but like now everything they use to clean with is microfiber. And it's just the most aggravating thing to try and clean everything with. So anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Welcome to Italy. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you're able to laugh, though, is because, because you could really, there are moments where you feel like you can go the other direction really easily. If you don't, oh, yeah. if you don't start laughing, you could really start just, just, but you're, you're absolutely right, Andre. Like, this is their normal and it will become yours too. Can you get, a little bit more specific about what is it about California right now that just didn't feel like home anymore? Um, so Barrett and I, you know, LA I think is a really polarizing place for a lot of people. Generally what I've noticed over years now is that whenever foreigners that I meet outside of America, whenever I'm in someone else's country, and they ask me where I'm from and I tell them, you know, New York or LA or, you know, we're, we live in LA, whatever it is. They're always like, oh, amazing, beautiful. Like well, they, have, they, they have, they have a very, very specific idea of what that means and what that represents. The other thing about that that's also interesting is I also try to always ask people, what do you think of when you think of America? And Inevi inevitably it's almost always like new york 
Los Angeles, you know, like it's not America. So a lot of people, I think foreigners don't really know like America, America, and, and it's such an absolutely massive country. Um, but most people are really in tune with, with, you know, the co more of the coastal cities or the cities in general, Miami, Chicago, like that's really, and you know, people also talk about like the Yosemite and, and, and some of the mountains in Colorado and stuff, but it's like, there's not really a real awareness of like America as a whole and, and like American kind of the way it exists as a whole. It's more like cultural values and, you know, these like kind of like quote unquote, you know, hipper, cooler places and cities that, that, uh, that they think about. Um, but we love Los Angeles. You know, I mean, we, we really believe that LA is, is really a special place and it's not, you know, it's not as bad as so many people seem to think it is. Um, sure. You know, there's, there's, there's bad parts to every city and every place and difficulties and difficulty in every city and every place. Um, but you know, LA for us has become such a dynamic and diverse and like an amazing experience. Um, and it's not just about like Hollywood and that kind of universe and glitz and glamor and like, you know, all that awfulness also that comes with that kind of stuff. And it's not about like, you know, all these kind of like, terrible neighborhoods or homelessness or all that kind of stuff. These are all legitimate problems. But I think where, where, we, where we arrived at is that LA just started to feel quite stale for us overall. Um, and with three children, a lot of things started to become very clear in focus for you know, what we wanted for not only them, but for us, for, for, for our futures and their futures together and separate, you know, the experiences that they would have without us as they were young adults, um, you know, the retire, the, the life of retirement that it would look like for Barrett and I, um, by staying in LA, all the these, cost the cost there, of living is, yeah, I think over the past you know, five years is when we started to really feel it. Also, we had another child. Having three children in Los Angeles is so expensive. It just became something that really felt so stressful um, and, and not sustainable for our future. And every year you're working so hard, you're doing everything you need to do. And it really felt like, okay, we just got by. Okay. We just got by. Oh no, but it's getting more expensive. The cost of school is going up. The cost of the having a part-time nanny is going up. The cost of food. I mean, food is becoming so expensive to feed um, our kids, you know, the or healthy food we wanted to feed them. We really care about that stuff. And it just became, so cost prohibitive. Um, and that was, I think was a big part of the beginning of, okay, what are the other options then that will have the things that bring us joy? And on our list, it is things like food and the ocean and nature and the mountains, being able to travel. These are things that we started to look around in America and the world, like where are the places that would meet this criteria? 
it was a critical moment of decision making. Do we continue on this path? And the mentality of like, well, we just got to make more money. Well, we just got to wait. And and by the way, it's like we do pretty well. We're not, you know, we're not in some position where we never have enough. It's just that you never feel like you're ever making enough, no matter what. And I have the financial pressure that is it weighs heavy on you. In LA, the cost only goes up, you know, it just nothing ever goes down. And it's something that we just didn't want to uh, take on constantly anymore, you know. And we we had uh, honestly one of the blessings about this whole thing is that we've really kind of worked over years to turn our business into uh, the kind of business that allows us to operate it from you know almost any, anywhere really. And um, and we maintain our warehouse in America in in LA and um, and that's kind of been the way we focused on setting things up so that we could have more flexibility to try and you know to, to actually do what we are doing now. Uh, and we had to bear to mention we lived in Denver for a little while and that was kind of like our test run on how we started to set things up. And then actually COVID happened and that's what forced us to come back from Denver. We had known we were going to come back from Colorado at a certain point, um, but we just didn't think it was going to be that, that quick. And, and we were kind of forced to return um, instantly almost because of COVID and, and our business was just tanking and nobody would go into the warehouse and we couldn't get anything shipped. And it was just really, really hard. So we made a decision at that point to come back to LA um, and then from that point on also, we really fine tuned so many things so that we could operate a business from, you know, an arm's length. Um, and the goal of just having that flexibility of setting up the business so that if there was a time, cause we didn't know at that point we wanted to move to Italy. It was more thinking about having, putting flexibility in place, having the ability to, spend time with your kids when they're young to take them to school to you know go to their performance to show up for them as much as you can and really be involved in their daily life as much as possible too mm -hmm. what have been some examples of some of the most shocking price differences in italy compared to what you're used to in los angeles I mean, it, the so as we've talked about a lot already, food is really critical for us. Uh, access to high quality, delicious food. You know, we're we're both pretty competent cooks, and um, and we really really love that whole world. It's really fascinating to us on so many levels, from you know a farmer's perspective to you know a consumer perspective to just an enjoyment perspective, but. Um, Food is is dramatic, and the access to good food in Italy for everyone it seems like, or most people, is unbelievable to me because I feel like the access to good food in at least a place like Los Angeles, but it seems totally. like America totally. is something that is only for people in a certain economic bracket. It is not available to everyone. It's a broken system. And here, seeing that anyone can go and get a cup of coffee, they can have the Cornetto, they can go into a supermarket and have, you know, produce that 
is not that one that tastes like something and doesn't have a million pesticides on it. It just has been mind blowing to me the difference in cost of food here compared to what it was, what we were paying for monthly there. I mean, I, I, we could, we could honestly talk about this for hours. Barrett and I have spent a lot of time talking about this. Um, It's really, it, it is fascinating on so many levels. Even you go to your supermarket, your local supermarket, and you see the quality of offerings at all price ranges. You really realize that even the lowest is higher quality than like anything you're going to get at Whole Foods. And it's almost guaranteed. And that's actually just astoundingly like, it's just mind blowing because you're like, this is their cheapest offering, but the quality level is superior to the same thing that we would spend $8 on in America, $9, you know? Um, so our food costs have been uh, dramatically reduced. And it's and, just heartbreaking though yeah, to see it, that it is possible. It is possible to give access to people, to give them access to food, to good food, to be healthier, to take care of their bodies. And yet we don't do that. Like it just is so heartbreaking to see, oh, it is possible to do, but we are choosing not to do it. it we 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 talk about this kind of frustration we have with with our country. We love our country, but there's so many things that I, I think have really, really um, become to its detriment and have gone off the rails. And the food system in America is, is uh, it's a real sad situation, you know, education as well. Like, but food is, it, it is, it is the basis for everyone's well-being. And it's the reason why we have all these ultra processed foods and like the way that, that, that food and access to food in America is set up. It's just not for the benefit of people's health, you know, and it, and it really feels like it's, it's all wrong. When you come to a country like Italy, where you see how everyone rich or poor has access to the same quality food, the same ingredients can enjoy the same kind of meals. Of course you have, you know, you have variants in, in, in certain levels of quality or things that you can, you can purchase or whatever, but just the baseline talking about the baseline quality is, um, is really incredible that that they're able to maintain that and offer it to everyone. And you see it in your surroundings on the daily basis. I um, I have not seen, we've been here for a month and a half, and I, I swear to you, we have not seen any obese people yet. Not one. And, yeah. um, and that's not to say that doesn't exist. I mean, you know, I've definitely seen it, you know, here and there in Italy over the years, but it's not like, you know, Turin is not a, a real tourist city. So you also don't see a lot of tourism coming through here. You know, you it's here, but it's not like in Florence or Rome or something. Um, so it's very much like Italians are, are around us uh, on the daily. And it's a very interesting thing to see how fit so many people are here or quote unquote healthy looking. You know, and 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 kind of like everyone around you um, seems like they're in tune with 
how food affects their their state of being and their wellness level. Also, everyone moves here. So you're eating food, but then you're walking. Everyone's constantly moving their bodies, getting up, going somewhere. That part of the culture too, I'm sure has a very big part of it, um, is a part of it, like making that effect as well. And seeing the kids, I mean, seeing what the kids eat in school here. So this has been another huge thing is we would always pack our kids lunches at the school they went to. There was a hot lunch option and it was burgers, pizza, chicken tenders. These were the things that, you know, the kids could eat. They never did that. We would send the lunch. But even when you're sending the lunch, your kids want to have whatever processed food in there too. They want the chips. They want the thing their friends eating. You're packing lunches. They're not touching anything because they just eat the snack items or and even the, I mean, that hot lunch is not a high quality lunch. No, either. no, no. The I mean, hot, that's no, like, but you're talking yeah. about burgers. Yes, chicken, every, it's not healthy. None, none of it is healthy. There's no vegetable. Yeah. Okay. So at the school that they're going to, and Bruno as well at his preschool, you are not allowed to send a lunch. They make sure that the kids are eating fresh food every day that is cooked at the school and it is a balanced meal. In preschool, they are teaching them about the idea of a balanced meal. It, we eat a vegetable, we have some protein, we have some pasta, it's all these different things. You know, at, at Bruno's school, every day we pick him up and the first thing they tell us is what he ate today. He had some frittata, he had some pasta piselli, he had unbelievable. <laughs> some tomatoes. You go to Costa in Paolo's school and every day, I mean, the condiment bar at the school is olive oil, balsamic vinegar, <laughs> salt, pepper, <laughs> and mm. and every day. So at Paolo's school, um, he's in kindergarten. So they sit family style. This is the most incredible thing. They sit family style. The children have a placemat and a plate and silverware, learning how to exist at a table together. The teachers come around and they serve a little bit of everything to the kids. And they just ask that they try a bite. They just encourage they don't like them. It. They don't have to eat it, but at least just try some, some what we're serving. And they always find something that they will eat. And every day, Paolo, come, yesterday he came home and he goes, today I had this, this meat, this, <laughs> I think, prosciutto. I, and prosciutto, but it's something... Koto? We're like, you had prosciutto koto? I couldn't believe it. Now. Couldn't believe it. He came home. He asked if we had it. We had some. And then he put it on his pizza. And then he, he put it on his pizza. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> dreams do come true. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, oh, they're God. Eating and you see the, the effect on, even after a month and a half, the effect on our children's tantrums the sleep the sleep the uh, control and like self-regulation of their emotions is completely different they're not having the amount of you know sugar food dyes all these things that are in so many products that they were eating even though we were trying to be as conscious of it as possible you can only do so much i mean even if you're being as as aware of it as possible it's like it is it is so in our in the american food system it is so hard to avoid the healthy process, snacks are right. still like not healthy yeah. you know it's really crazy because you realize that so much of that um 
you know, that, that kind of like, it's all marketing, it's all branding. It's all, it's like super crazy capitalism, you know, doing its thing so that people can really make money. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just so crazy that it comes at such a cost to the people, you know, and, and the kids and like, just basic, like basic things like access to good food and cost of that food have been a dramatic thing for us. I mean, for instance, this morning, we went to our local bar down at the corner. They have these um, brioches that the kids love. And, you know, we, we, Barrett and I had like two cappuccinos. We get a bunch of uh, brioches for the kids. And then, and, you know, they'll get like two. And we're like, yeah, sure, get two. Because when you go to pay, it's like 12 euros, 15 euros. For six, you know, like, like, beautiful, delicious, homemade brioches and two coffees. And, and and honestly, that exact same situation in LA would cost us approaching, you know, 80, $80, probably $70, you know, like you're, I mean, you're looking at like $8, seven, you know, seven, something, a coffee, each croissant, then, then like you got a tip, then you got the tax, you know, I mean, like the tipping thing is just, we were like, what is it? We're going to tip our way to like poor, poor house. You know what I mean? Like you, you cannot stop tipping more than it's deserved in America at this stage. It's, it's really wild. It's like this expectation um, that I, I feel like is just, it's really misguided. You know, it's just become really, uh, really challenging to to think about doing all so many things that are simple things that you want to enjoy. Um, whereas here, we just aren't even like too too worried about it. It's like okay, we just spent like you know under 20, 20 bucks, and you know it was a fun moment that we have, and we took some great pictures of it. So we have these memories forever, kind of thing. And and they're you know, eating something and they're good. eating something good. I mean, we actually even have a friend. This is this was crazy. We have a um, a local expat friend here um, from Chicago. From Chicago, he said when he got here, he lost seventeen pounds, and he's like in the amount of uh, on a, of, a diet of cornettos and coffee. He said I wasn't di- like I wasn't doing anything different. I'm having my coffee. I'm having my breakfast pastry. Da, 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 eating pasta, doing all this stuff. He's like I can't stop losing weight. He's like I didn't even think about what I was eating, and I lost seventeen pounds. I mean, we we definitely feel a difference in our body and the way our bodies um, uh, feel in response to food. And I, and I feel like we also were, were buying and cooking and had access to like the highest level quality stuff. That's where most of our money went. You know, I mean, we, we spent, that was like what we would spend money on is food and not even going out to restaurants, by the way, just like buying good ingredients to cook. Yeah. Um, So, so that is a, that is something that has been really eye-opening for us. And really, um, it's, it's you, you feel so good that you're in this culture that respects your access to food and water and beverage and these things in like a healthier way because your body feels better and you see that everyone looks better and healthier and and then that's what your kids are learning to also eat at a young age i mean they're helping us do the work of teaching our kids how to enjoy food how to have you know a bigger palate for different types of food 
um, because it's a part of the day and they see all the children around them also participating in that and eating that food. So it's not even a, a second thought. It's like, oh, this is what we're having for lunch. Yesterday, Barrett said something to me that that was really wild. Um, we were, we were just like driving uh, through Piazza Vittorio and, and she saw this woman just eating like a big old pastry on a bench. And she was just like, God, it's so refreshing to see like a woman just not even caring that she's having this like decadent dessert for breakfast or whatever. And she like clearly looks healthy and doesn't have any guilt about it. And she's, you know, Barrett has noticed a number of times that like this kind of thing where you just see I'm just women. aware of it as a woman growing up in Los Angeles, there is a big hyper focus on being very thin, on, you know, not indulging in these things that might make you gain weight. Everything has, you know, have people all the time be like, how do you eat pasta all the time? Aren't you so afraid of getting fat? Like people say these things. And I imagine, you know, having a daughter there must be so hard because even when I was in high school there, there were so many girls that, you know, developed eating disorders and body issues. And it's just heartbreaking. And it's to be in a place where you see all women of all ages um, enjoying these things without any other thought wrapped into it, then I'm hungry and I'm going to nourish my body right now. And then I'm going to go on to my day. I've just never seen anything like it. You know, as you were talking there, Barrett, it reminded me of one of my favorite movies of all time, which is the movie Spanglish. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that in a it. long time. Uh, Rewatch it. Okay. okay. I have to watch it. Add it to your list. It's an Adam Sandler movie, yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. One of his most serious roles, and it takes place in Los Angeles. Okay. And it's it, exactly what you just described. You're literally quoting lines almost out of that film. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it's crazy. You have to watch it now. You have to okay. watch it and tell me what you think. <laughs> you've mentioned, you've kind of alluded to your business, and I'm so curious about a number of things. First of all, if you could share with us, what is this business that you've built up? I think is so impressive. How are you handling and managing this business that's still in the United States mm -hmm. while you're here? Talk to me about that. The interesting thing is that we're kind of handling our business in the exact same way that we handled it when we lived in LA. And, uh, you know, we, we mostly, um, and when I say mostly, like, I mean, 99% of the time would work out of our house and we do everything from our home. Um, and we would only go into the warehouse when needed or. Well, we, we should also speak. We have a yeah. gifting business. Yes, go ahead. So we have a gift company where we curate gift boxes. We work with a lot of corporations and business to create um, gift concepts for them and then see those through all the way to the end from producing the concept to then shipping to their um, recipients. So there's a lot of creativity in the part that now we do in terms of dealing with clients, coming up with proposals, um, giving them different ideas of how we can create a gift that will be, you know, in line with their idea of what they want to send. And we've now been doing it for probably, I think, 11, I think we're coming up on 11. 
So in the beginning, it was, you know, me every day making every gift box, packing everything, tying the ribbon, going around, delivering them. That was the beginning. <laughs> Not sustainable, but that was a four kids. So then as we had more children, it became trying to grow more of the shipping aspect of the business versus doing local deliveries. So that's what we have been working towards over the past few years is creating a company where we ship directly to the recipient. We're not locally delivering anything. Um, we have a warehouse set up in Los Angeles. We have an incredible team. We fulfill everything in that warehouse. And we and, ship nationwide. And ship nationwide. But we do not yet ship internationally. Uh, occasionally we do for you know corporate clients or volume orders that want to ship things to Europe. But that's a whole other That's place. a whole different thing. So, you know, for the past few years, that was the goal was being able to have flexibility, being able to potentially explore living somewhere else while having the business run and as needed when, you know, it's a busy time, we come in and we can be there on the ground. But um, this has been something in the works for quite some time to get to this place. And like Andre said, testing that idea out in Colorado and everything worked fine. Obviously, no one could have anticipated COVID or how that changed everything for businesses in that moment. But we learned also from that experience and changed things after that to help deal with those things. So um that's what kind of allowed us to arrive at this place for now it's in california just because the idea of also trying to move our family to italy and, a and move a business to another state without being there to set it up and create a warehouse and create a system just seemed like an impossible idea but we have discussed for future getting to a place where we can move, you know, the fulfillment out because it is very expensive to have a business in California. It doesn't really make sense for us. I mean, we no longer have our house there. We sold. We should yeah. also mention the fact that we decided to go all in. We sold it all on this uh, adventure in Italy, and we sold our house, our car, everything, pretty much, almost all our furniture. We really um, committed to this, and I think you really got to fall into it. Yeah. That would be my advice. Like it's such, it's so much work. You don't want to tiptoe into this in this kind of thing. It will be, uh, yeah. I think, too painful. You have to. I think in order to see it through, I don't know if you feel the same, but like to see something like this through, there has to be a real commitment to being there for a while. And a while's not six months. A while's not a year. I think you have to be able to kind of like weather that initial, you know, struggle and storm. And um, we've prepared for the worst, frankly. Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, I think it's really like, well, I think you have to come at it from a, like a real, realist perspective, you know, and with kids. I mean, it, it's hard to move anywhere yeah. as an adult, never mind to a whole nother continent in another language and culture. You know, when you're not proficient at those things, um, when when, you know, you have to get kids situated. I mean, the whole thing we knew was going to be like a, a, a big little undertaking. big undertaking. But there was a point where we decided that all that was like worth, you know, the squeeze, so to speak. Like the, the, that's that's the journey. That's part of the journey. And 
that's going to be really um, special to return to in retrospect, I think. And it's been, um, you know, as we said, a month and a half, but you could already see that, like, this is going to be a really challenging year. You know, we're homesick in many ways, but it's more for conveniences and, and ways yeah. of being that you just kind of know are easy. Um, you know, and like we had a kitchen set up in an exact way we loved in a wonderful kitchen in a wonderful house that was too small for us. But, you know, we had a very comfortable situation set up. And I think it becomes very hard to take yourself and remove yourself from that as you get older. We just decided that that would be the best way to go all in and to commit to like saying, you know what? We're going to weather that, that first year of, of challenge and not have the, you know, the ability to just pull the parachute and like, you know, dip back home or whatever. We want to really have this experience and get to a point, not only for our kids, but for ourselves to really find what, what, um, what it is like we're looking to take from this experience and grow from this experience. You know, what, a, what an unbelievable opportunity we feel like we have to do this and to give it to our kids. Um, and, you know, we're realizing a dream in real time, like in the now, not, you know, kind of in this, in, in that dreamland pie in the sky way. And, um, and we feel very grateful to have been able to arrive at that point, um, you know, to think like this and to accept this, this like knowing that things are going to be challenging and, you know, there's going to be a lot of tears and a lot of aggravation and a lot of, you know, frustration, but there's also going to be all that laughter and joy and fun and travel and like experience. And that's like what we want. That's what we want out of this whole thing called life. You know, when we get to be with our kids at this age, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, but we're, we, I guess to go back to, to the business, um, we, it's we still have, kind of working in the same way. The only thing that right now is different is that, you know, the work day in terms of our business for us starts in the evening now. So, you know, it's after the kids are down or while they're kind of playing, we're dealing with work stuff for a few hours because of the time difference. But that's really, I feel like so far has been the only big shift. You know, I'm still dealing with all the clients. We're still dealing with everything starting smoothly, but it's just, you're working at night now because of the hours. A lot of the operation stuff is all relayed, you know, whereas sometimes I would come in and deal with that if I couldn't just relay it. But now it's just all um, kind of on the team there on relay and the team's doing it. And we have an amazing woman there who's running things for us in the warehouse. And, um, and so it's just, it, it's, it's not really, it's not different from the way that we were doing it before. But again, we've really had to make that a focus over the years to set it up in that way. Um, and then and, the thing we're f- focusing on in the day is the, um, the Barrett and the Boys substack that we launched before we left. So that was really a place where we were sharing recipes and where we started to share um, what we were about to do, this big move to Italy. And that's where now weekly everything is unfolding. And that's also been an amazing creative way and like outlet I find for at least myself to be able to process 
what's going on, what we're going through, and also hopefully, you know, provide that information to other people who might be interested and other people who might have a dream of doing something like this, but don't know where to begin or how does this happen or just want to follow along for the journey. So that's kind of the thing during the day that we, you know, create content for and recipes for while we've been here as well. And we're really focused on, you know, increasing that. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, our container is running late. Like a lot of things that we need to do what we normally do we are have. not here. <laughs> um, so, I mean, things Improvise. have been slow <laughs> and improvised, but, you know, our focus here is to really try and build more content and create more, you know, directed content and, um, and turn that into something uh, a little bit more special. And that's what, what our goal has been. Um, it's, it's fun to share it, the journey. I mean, as you know, to, to see people, I mean, that's why we started following you and listening, just to hear about someone's journey, how they're doing this, where they are at. Um, there's a lot of comfort in that. And it's, you know, it helps you have a dream too, I think, whether it's moving to Italy or changing your life in some way. So absolutely. And you're talking about how therapeutic it is to, to write in this in this online platform, which is basically, would you call it a blog? Would you would you write Baird and the Boys? I guess it's an, a weekly newsletter and then it lives on a, a website so people can go through and look at all the recipes if they subscribe so they can look at the recipes in any of the posts. So yeah, it kind of has that blog format, but um, a newsletter goes out weekly. We had a website um, that was the this kind of like lifestyle blog, uh, Barrett and the Boys, for, and that, a few years. for a few years, and that still exists, but we're updating it now and redoing that. But uh, we basically turned everything into a Substack, which is a, a blog style format. Um, so I love the weekly. Yeah, it's really aspects. nice to be able to do it like yeah. that. Um, and by the way, it's also like therapeutic for us yeah. as a couple. You know, Barrett and I. I have a, I, I'd like to think we have a pretty amazing relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we can't get enough I mean, of each other. Don't Nathan. get me wrong. We have our moments. We <laughs> definitely have our moments. And like, you know, but generally speaking, <laughs> we really enjoy spending time together. And we also just really like lean on each other a lot. And, um, and so we're always bouncing no matter what we've always done that i mean even before we were working together you know and and so we're it's kind of and we're always cooking and, together and and it all makes sense you know to do these things together and yeah. and so we're always working on these things like you know in the background no matter what and then the 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 substack has become kind of this natural way to put in like everything that we're going through and all these things into like a di more directed outlet you know whereas the 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 blog site we had was great but we were also you know we were so much more focused on valley brink road which is our gifting company um uh at that, at time. that time you know and we were trying to figure out how we wanted to navigate this kind of brand and this doing the newsletter has kind of really helped us to start to figure that out and guide us a little bit more and especially also this experience has informed a lot of the things that we're, we're working on for that and some other things that we're trying to get off the ground uh, as well. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still doing everything that we've normally done with Valley Brink Road. 
it's just at a little bit of a greater distance, um, but we're still intimately involved in every part of the day to day. So um, it, I also like with the Substack that on Instagram, of course, I share a lot about our daily life, kind of like the narrative as it plays out, but you're not really able to write a lot in depth. Go do that deeper dive. So people can see, oh, they're here, they're doing this, or, you know, but you're not really getting um, a fuller perspective. So it's been nice to have that in addition to, you know, kind of sharing the journey with the audience on Instagram for people that want a little deeper dive to have a newsletter that kind of showcases more weekly. Yeah, the other big thing I think about doing, um, and there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are actually coming back to blogs and, uh, and this kind of movement on Substack as well and stuff. But, you know, Instagram has become so divisive and, and, and it's become really uh, very glossy, you know, and that kind of, that type of social media, I think is, is also, there's a tool and the value for it, depending on how you use it, but overall it works in a certain way. And I think, you know, we're full blown adults with three kids and, we have very real issues and problems and um, and challenges as well as like amazing moments and fun. Th and it just, it's a much more grounded forum and way for us to, I think, um, present a real account of things, not some, you know, glossy version of it or, um, you know, manicured way of, of, of telling a story, you know, I mean, Barrett and I have always kind of felt like we try to be more grounded in a level of reality and, um, rational kind of view point and perspective than, just being you know, authentic, just being authentic. I, yeah. and, and I think those are the stories I find compelling is when someone's sharing something real. So, you know, I, I hope that that's how we are sharing our stories and, you know, it is pretty much in real time. <laughs> well, as, a, as a reader, as a consumer of your content, uh, let me just tell you what I've noticed. Okay. I do get how genuine and authentic you are. And I think that that comes through so clearly, but you know, what's so great is like, just because something is authentic and real, doesn't mean it needs to also be shabby. So you have this really wonderful gift. You combine authenticity and realness with beauty. And this is the perfect balance. And I'm going to put all the links to everything, your Instagram, the Substack, and your business. But just, just really quickly, can you just break each one down and just let people know again, what the name is and where they can find them as well. And just meaning the gifting company and Substack. And then of course your Instagram or any other social sites you want to share real quick. Yeah. So the gifting company is Valley Brink Road and the website is valleybrinkroad.com. Then Barrett and the boys, you can probably just search it on Substack. You go to Substack and look up Barrett and the boys. Um, you can also go to barrettandtheboys.com and there's a splash page where you can sign up for the Substack. And we are redoing that particular yeah. site. But for now, there's the splash page. That's right. And then on Instagram, I am at Barrett Prendergast. It's a long one. 
<laughs> and I'm at Andre Vipolis. That's also a long one. <laughs> and we also have Valley Brink Road on Instagram as well. Yes, there's a gifting Instagram if you want to see different curated gift boxes. You can go check that out. Um, and that's probably everywhere you can yeah. find us right now. Yeah. Right? Did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. I think mean, you got it. There's about 75% of our listeners are from the United States. And, oh, you know, for all the reasons that we've discussed, yeah. I think it makes sense that 75% of our listeners are from there. Yeah. And uh, so I just wanted those people who are either planning to retire here or plan to only live in Italy part of a year you know, mm -hmm. they've still got one foot in the United States. So I want I want people to be able to know that besides following your journey and and sort of living vicariously through you before they are able to take the big leap that you've taken, I want them to also know that you guys are a wonderful source for fabulous gifts. Thanks you. Thank you. What you put together and the way you prepare and present it, you make it so personal, but you also you also just make it so beautiful at the same time and you also make it so convenient so like what what could be better than like personal convenient and beautiful and beautiful, and beautiful. <laughs> yeah uh, i i'm so impressed that you're able to it makes perfect sense that you wouldn't want to move the business while you're moving yourselves so that yeah. makes perfect sense what I'm wondering is, and what, what everyone listening to this is wondering, because it's what everybody's trying to figure out when they're planning their, and strategizing their move to Italy. How did you choose the region of Piemonte and why? And why did you choose to live in the bustling city of Turin within that region? So the children are what led all decision making, I should say first. Um, for us, that, that means that we need to, number one, have access to the most options and best choices for international schooling. And not every city in Italy. Has and not, yeah, school. not, not everywhere in Italy has that. And when you go to certain places like, you know, for instance, uh, Rome has a, a bunch of those, but they're extremely expensive. You know, it's almost like paying for private school in America. So that's kind of not what we were looking for. We didn't want to end up in the same kind of financial obligation for education that we had in L.A. Um, and so the other element had to do with we wanted proximity to really good health care and uh, health services. Being in the north of Italy, you have that being close to Milan, being close to Veneto. Um, you know, you're also close to France, Switzerland, and Germany, which has exceptional medicine in, in, in many regards. Um, and we also wanted proximity and ease of travel to Central Europe um, and Western Europe. Also and to get back to Los Angeles as needed for work. So we needed to be close to an airport right. that that would be easy to do. And so um, we had initially been looking at Milano because it's, you know, Milan is a, is a really interesting city in Italy. It's like, uh, like, a, like we were saying, New York and L.A., it's not really like America. Like Milan is really not like Italy, um, but it's an incredible place. And you get certain things that are that are the benefits of Italy, um, but it has an incredibly well-organized uh, system. Well, I, let's let's use that and let's let's reel that back a little. <laughs> the, probably the most organized in Italy, 
Um, and it's definitely not what we're used to, but it's as close as we could get to that. We figured it initially it might be the softest landing with kids. Um, but I actually had a friend who, who was living in Bel Air in LA and who had moved here with her, uh, her son when he was Costa's age, nine. um, nine. And, uh, she had initially lived in Florence for a year and then she was looking for another place to, to move and she found Turin. And so she had lived in Turin. She's now in Rotterdam because uh, her son is very directed on where he wants to go to high school and the kind of education path he has. So she's in, in Rotterdam for him. But um, she had said, you know, Dre, as so many of my old friends call me, uh, listen up. she said, listen up. I think you should really consider Turin. She's like, I know you love Milan. I know Milan's great and has amazing schools and all this kind of stuff. And it's a really great city. And um, it's kind of having this renaissance as well. And, but she's like, it, it is expensive and that's true. It is much more expensive than anywhere else in Italy. Uh, maybe not Ro Rome and Milan, I think are comparable in certain regards, but Milan overall is quite an expensive city. Um, but she said, you know, with three kids, um, and just having been in Italy for a while, I really would love it if you came to see turn before you made the choice. And she's like, I'll come down from Rotterdam. I'll meet you. And I just want to give you kind of like a primer. And so, you know, we had decided we were going to move to Italy and we decided we were going to move to Milan. And then I was like, you know, let me grab a ticket. Barrett held it down at home. I came, I met my friend Aaron here and uh, I spent about five days here and I left and I, I'd gone to the school that our kids are going to school at. And honestly, immediately, I, I called Barrett after I had reception. And I was like, so we're moving to Turin because the kids need to go to school here. And, you know, because it, it's like it is um, this idea of like not having your kids in this mini fortress school in the middle of the city. Uh, it was like, OK, so we can live on the perimeter of a city and have access to all the things that, you know, that we need as adults and, and also. Uh, um, we like, we as, like a city life. Uh, yeah, we like a city life and also as business owners, like certain certain uh, access to, you know, to really get internet connection, <laughs> DHL, like all these kind of, you know, conveniences. Um, and then, you know, you could have your kids in 20 minutes side. away in the countryside in these gorgeous hills at Nature. this incredibly like beautiful setting of a school and getting a fantastic education, you know? And so that was at really at a lower cost than the, school than the school. yeah, than the schools in Milan. So that was really like the clencher. And then honestly, I hadn't really, I only spent a couple of days here and I was like, oh, well, it seems like there's some great stuff, but the more and more that I, that I looked into it and talked to people after that trip, it was, it was like, Comfort because we had made the decision just based on the school alone. Because also you can get a, a the Freccia Rossa train straight to Milano from here in 45, 48 minutes. So it's like you can go to Milan very quickly. You can go to the, the base of the Alps in like an hour and a half. You could go to Liguria in like an hour and a half. And you go to France in like two hours. So the position was very much also to like things that we loved about living in California. You had the mountains and the beach. Yeah. We had access to, you know, the major city. Um, and so there was a lot of those things that fit the criteria and fit the bill for us. Um, and the cost of living here was, seems lower than Milan. That was like weighing all those numbers. And it definitely is. Um, and then 
there is also this absolutely bizarre serendipity to Torino that just kept started happening, occurring and happening to us. I mean, the amount of people that had connected us with people or that we met who happened to then be from Torino that were moving back to Tur like so many very, very weird things happened and aligned in a way that it was like, this is the door that is opening and you need to go through that door. Yeah. It was like walk through this door. We were crazy kind of a thing. Like, I mean, so many bizarre things and like from the smallest thing for like sitting at a, at a, at a coffee shop, you know, in, in LA and in Venice, you know, and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden talking with some friends and Turin comes up and some guys like, did you just say Turin? Like, I just got back from there. What an incredible city, whatever. Like that place is amazing. Like we just went by accident, and, you know, or to like, you know, meeting people at our preschool that we having friends that we know at our preschool that are like, wait a minute, you guys are going to move to Turin. Our au pair is from Turin. You know, so that's that, how we have our babysitters. Our now, babysitters because two au pairs were in Los Angeles from Torino. That we met in Los Angeles that were au pairs we knew, and they came back to go to school in Turin when we moved back, and now they are babysitters and they speak English. The kids know them. Like it's just the way we locked our apartment uh, was. I, I mean, just I we could have we could talk like for an hour about this because there were so many. Like coincidences that are just too crazy. So it was like we're supposed to be in Torino. There's no yeah. question. I had never heard of it before, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, everywhere I turn is this place and people that know us, and it was just really an unbelievable thing. Also, Italian friends, you know, friends of mine that live in Milan right now, or Italian friends that live in LA from like Genoa or Liguria. Um, when we were talking about where to live and then all of a sudden I was like, so we're thinking about Torino. People would be like, you know what? I think that's, that's actually a, a great idea, idea for fam for a young for a family. family, you know, and a lot of young Milanese families are actually um, also moving here. And I think it's just, you know, we're in this, we're in this beautiful area where we're near so much nature. Um, and it's kind of wonderful to be in a small city Mm -hmm. and have proximity to nature and proximity to the city and then the big city, you know, it's, it's great for the kids and it's also great for our needs as well. Um, also the region of Piemonte is just absolutely incredible for food and wine, um, you know, vegetables, uh, cuisine, um, we're going to a truffle. We're going to a truffle uh, festival, festival in on Alba Sunday. on Sunday. Oh my gosh! You yeah. guys are living the absolute dream. You, I mean, do you, are you pinching yourself daily? Like, how did we yes. crack the code? Yes. Like, crack yeah. the code to life. It's wild. We walk around. We're like, we live here. We live here. This is I so know. It, it really, it really is like mind melting at times. And, yeah. you know, and it's also, I should, I should say that it also goes the other way. Like when you're so frustrated, you're like, I cannot believe this is going to be the reality all the time. But, at the, hmm. but, but again, you know, you just have to come back to you, the you gotta, yeah, that you gotta come the list back. that mattered because there's aggravation really wherever you go. And it's just, you know, Keep the reminders. This is why we did it. This is what we're doing. Be patient. 
center yourself again. And it's just, I mean, honestly, all it is, is problem solving. That's it. And yes, it is exhausting, but that's all it is. Like any of these things that come up, it's just a problem in finding a solution. And it just takes longer than you're used to. The, the, the thing that we would talk about um, often with friends when, when they would want to know about this move and, and what we're doing, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, it's got to be like utopia, like, or do you think it's going to be a utopia or what are you, you going to do? It's gonna, what are you going to do? Like so many, <laughs> so many wild things come up for people. But people would say it in a rude way. Like, uh, you're going to go to Italy. What are you going to do all day? I'm like, let me tell you what I will do all day. <laughs> yeah. But, long list of things I'll be doing. <laughs> something that I, I, I love to share with your listeners because I, I think it's really important to realize everywhere has problems. There is no, there is no place that has the answers for you. I think what's beautiful about arriving at a certain point in your life as an adult is saying, these are the problems I want to have, or these are the problems I want to take on, or these are the, the situations I'm, I'm willing to tolerate. Um, in not accepting a reality or a way of existing that's not in line with where you're at. And to me, that's more about what this experience for us is. It's not the right experience for everyone, you know, but for us, it's, it is, it's, it's some, like we're here for the good and the bad and the journey that it's going to take us on and where we're going to get to from that journey, you know? And, and, and again, it may like, who knows? We may end up going back to America in a few years. We may move somewhere else in Europe. Um, but we're really trying to, for, 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 with, with, with the amazing amount of presence, be where we are and not look too far ahead, which is not something that we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and really trying to look at like now and then forecast a couple years from now maximum you know and and i have to say that that is something that's been quite liberating for us uh, as a couple and also just as like individuals it's something that has freed us a bit to just say let's just try and focus on right now and and be in this experience and recognize when it gets hard, you know, how special of an opportunity this is, or what can we find and take from this, you know, that, um, that's, you know, that's a good lesson or, or a good moment. I want to just thank you both Barrett and Andre for being here. Like I said, we could talk forever and, um, and, and I'm so grateful. I can't wait to have you back and, and hear more about this. So thank you so much both for your time. It's really our pleasure. We're yeah. we're um we're happy to do it. You know, we've we've enjoyed being listeners. We've enjoyed getting to know you and becoming friends. And um, you know, and we we're, love we're, being your favorite guest. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're for people that are listening to your show that yeah. are like you know in the same kind of places or mindsets we or were, like, close enough to where we were, you know, many years ago or or even recently actually. Um, so you know it's important for people to know that things are possible and it's really all how you choose to kind of take the next step, you know, but we're, we're, it was our pleasure to be here. Yeah. 
Well, you're both very inspiring. And I think that there are listeners who are going to take what, what you've shared today, and it's going to be a source of confidence and uh, an inspiration. So I, I'm just, I'm just I'm so impressed by the two of you. And I think that you're just absolutely the coolest couple, the coolest family. Can you come everywhere and- with that? Yes, come everywhere. <laughs> I can't wait to come and visit you in Turin. It's actually one of Alessandro's favorite. I was asking him one oh, no time. Way. I don't know. I was like, what are your favorite cities in, in Italy? I don't even know if I know that. And one of the first ones he mentioned was Turin. And I was oh, just like, to come. it's okay. crazy what a okay. sleeper city it is for so many people. People Amazing. really yeah. love this place. And, and it doesn't come up often. It's kind of a hidden gem in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think you're right. Well, you guys are amazing and keep doing what you're doing. We're going to be following you on your Instagram and Substack, and, and we're going to be ordering gifts from you guys and your company. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much for your time, and um, and we'll be seeing you soon, I'm sure. Okay. All right, Nathan, Thank take you, care. Nathan. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Now, Vera, can you imagine what those two are going through with their three boys? What a dramatic change of life that they are living. Aren't you impressed? I am. And I'll swear, I'll stop complaining about my move from Castelnuovo to Asciano. Just my husband and I, no kids, same region, same language, same, not different community, but still. So sorry if I complain about it. <laughs> well, you have every right to complain, but it definitely does put things into perspective, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, it does. Well, we've spent a good bit of time in this special region of Pimonte. We've got some wonderful friends, Roger and Denny, who've been on the podcast. It was great hearing what they had to say in the past about this region. And Vera, you're going to be sharing some real detailed information about Pimonte with us. I'm so excited to hear what you have to share. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the name, Piemonte, of course. That's the Italian Piemonte, in Italian, in English is Piedmont or something, Piedmont, probably. Now, the name Piemonte is masculine, and it literally means at the mountain feet. So, like, below the mountain. <laughs> That's because it is surrounded by mountains. <laughs> now, the main city, so the capital city of Piemonte is Torino, Torino, so Turin in English. And the other province, the other provinces, Alessandria, Asti, Biella, Cuneo, Novara, now the longest provincia ever in Italy, Verbania Cusiosola, and finally Vercelli. Okay, so those are the, the, the provinces of Piedmont. Now, it's the second biggest region in Italy after Sicily, uh, with only 4 million people living there. So not bad, a lot of room for everyone. And it is in the northwest of Italy, and it borders Val d'Aosta, the tiny region up in the mountains, Liguria, where our Riviera is, the famous Liguria region, Lombardia, and for a very small part, just a tiny bit, with Emilia Romagna. And it borders with Switzerland and France. Mm-hmm. So big chunk of Piedmont borders with Switzerland and France. Now, as for geography, Piedmont is surrounded on three sides, the Alps, including Pisa, the famous mountains, because that's where uh, the river Po uh, rises. 
and Monte Rosa, so the pink mountain, which is also very famous and has amazing ski areas. So if you like skiing, Piedmont is just the region for you. Now, 30% of the region is hills with, oh, the best wines ever. And some of the most famous wines in the world come from Piedmont, so great. And then there's like a 26, another 30%, let's say, of flatland. Rice field, just think about this. Of the whole Italian rice production in Piedmont. So it's just a lot of rice there. And then corn, peaches, hazelnuts, strawberries, apples. Nathan, that is your region, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> and there are more than 50 parks, like national or regional parks, protected areas. And the most famous is the Gran Paradiso National Park, which is shared with Val d'Aosta, but still part of it is in Piemonte. And there are also beautiful lakes, like half of Lago Maggiore is in and Lago Dorta, less famous, but beautiful, and many smaller that you can visit. So it's really wow. Now, I'll try to go easy on you with the history, even though, you know, I'm Italian and everything is related to history. We just can't, can't avoid it. You know, it's just history, history, history everywhere. <laughs> So once again, we have uh, like evidence of people living there between the Neolithic and the Bronze Age, so a long time ago, and many archaeological sites you can visit. So they're very, very interesting. And then the Romans conquered the area. The Romans were everywhere, you know that now. And uh, they founded Turin. They founded Asti and Ivrea, another famous city in Piedmont. But actually the colonization was sort of limited of the mountains, so the Romans didn't like it there that much. I mean, it was not that useful. And then in year 1046, Otto of the Savoy, okay? So the, you know, this family, this area, friends, huh? so basically added Piedmont, so that area that now we call the region of Piedmont, to the county of Savoy. So basically, it, it was very linked and very connected to the, the French territories. And, and, and basically, what happened is that they ruled for a long time. And there were some areas that actually remained independent. And there were like feudal families that became very famous and very important. And in the 1400s, Piedmont became like a real political, unity political uh entity and uh in the early 1700s the duke of savoy that was ruling over piedmont also became king of sardinia now you know that sardinia is the island right you have right in front of it in front of rome <laughs> uh, near corsica the french island anyway sardinia and piedmont were together were a single kingdom under the savoia family and during the Risorgimento, so mid-1800s, when uh, in Italy we had the whole unification process, uh, Piedmont was a major actor in this process. They were actually the main promoters of the unification. And in 1861, when Italy was finally one nation, we had a king, it was a monarchy, and 
the royal family was the Savoy family from Piedmont. And Torino was the very first capital city of Italy because it took another 10 years to get to Rome. So the first capital city was Turin, King Vittorio Emanuele II of the Savoy family. So he was the king of Italy, even though he was the second because, yeah, history is complicated in Italy. Anyway, there it is. Then, of course, after World War II, we switched to the Republic, so we don't have a royal family anymore, right? Now, the problem is that <clears throat> uh, Piedmont was and still is one of the most, um, let's say, industrialized regions of Italy. There are a lot of industries and factories and so on. But in the country, it was a very, very poor region, really, really poor. People were literally starving. And that happened mostly everywhere in Italy, but Piedmont was really bad. Now, the most famous factories, one that you know for sure is Fiat. Fiat. So if you like the Cinquecento, yeah, go to Turin. That's where they were made. Okay, so Fiat, which is Fabrica um, Italiana Automobili Torino. So Torino is literally in the name Fiat. So what happened with this big factory, a lot of people from the south moved to Turin. So they emigrated to Turin because that's where they had a lot of jobs you know, a lot of opportunities uh, to work in factories and so on. Now, today is still one of the richest regions in Italy, and major companies there are De Agostini, which is a famous publisher, and if you need to buy, like, an Italian dictionary or something like that, probably it will be De Agostini. Mm -hmm. And then Ferrero, you know, Ferrero Rocher or Nutella, or all the Kinder chocolate, that is all from Piedmont. You're welcome. And then Lavazza for coffee, that is also from Piedmont. And Ermenegildo Zegna for fashion. Mm -hmm. So basically, you go to Piedmont and you have the best chocolate, the best coffee, the most iconic Italian cars, and you can dress all smart and fancy with Zegna. Yeah, that's perfect. Piemonte is in my blood. It's in my heart. I probably mentioned this last week. My family on my father's side <clears throat> is from Piedmont. But while my family on my mom's side moved to Lombardy and stayed there, so I, basically I never went to Veneto to visit them, My on my father's side, the whole family was there. So I grew up in Piedmont. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I have this big connection with Piedmont now. They, my grandparents lived there most of their lives. Not all of it, but most. And uh, they, they were from, my grandparents were from two uh, little towns, really small villages, not far from Casale Monferrato. So this famous town in the Monferrato area where they make Crumiri Rossi. We've talked about it a lot. This whole episode about Crumiri, okay. And you know, I remember my grandparents telling me a lot of stories about their childhood in Piedmont and uh, their youth there and even previous generations. And I wanted to share a few with you because it's so interesting to have like a first hand uh, kind of history of Piedmont. Now, it was a poor region, okay? So many people left Piemonte and settled in the United States, Argentina, 
Australia, all over the world, Sweden, mm -hmm, all over. And for example, my grandfather's grandfather, il nonno di mio nonno, is that my great great grandfather? I don't know. So basically, my grandfather's grandfather uh, left his family uh, in Piedmont and said, "Okay, I'm going to America. You know, in America, I'll make some money." and tell you where I am so you can come and reach me. And well, nobody ever heard from him. So my grandfather's father, it was very young, it was like 16, jumped on a boat, went to America and tried to find him. Now, there was no internet, there was no phone, there was, he had no idea, but he met other Italians and he asked about and who about 10 years, eight years before, had moved there, you know, and he found where he was. He was uh, working for uh, Ford cars in Detroit, near Detroit, I guess. And he went there and, well, he had another family, brand new American wife, brand new American kids, and didn't even want to look at it. So my grandfather's father came back home to Italy eventually got married and well with his wife he moved to america again because piedmont that was um actually after world war one was very very poor still so basically uh my grandfather's sisters two of them were born in the u.s and then when they made enough money they came back to italy and that's where my grandfather was born so basically they were always italian they just moved there for 10 years and so you have people from the south moving to piedmont to work in factories but that was just mainly fiat and other factories had people from the countryside in piedmont moving all over the world and not seeing their families and not seeing their home never again because it was better than starving basically it was tough but when I was young, Piedmont was an amazing region already. <laughs> I spent most of my summers there because when my grandparents retired, they went back to their hometown. I had a villa with a pool, so I had the best time there. And a few things, of course. My nonno had a truffle dog. So basically, were these things that, I don't know, we had. <laughs> I was like, oh no, truffle again. You know, even the tartufo bianco, and I was like, truffle, truffle. And then the first time that as a grown-up, I went to a restaurant, I was like, are you kidding me? So much truffle cost, but my kitchen is full of truffles. So it was kind of weird and different because that's how rich that area is now in truffles and hazelnuts and also as a hunting thing. But what is really, really funny is that my grandparents to each other spoke dialect. Okay, dialect from Piedmont. But, uh, well, when they moved to the Czech Republic, they still spoke dialect at home. So my aunt can speak dialect perfectly. Then my father was born there. And doctors back then told them, don't speak Italian to him. Not even dialect, but not especially not Italian, any other language, because children, you know, it was different time. Of course, they were wrong. They thought it could be confusing for him. So basically, they spoke Czech with my dad and dialect with my aunt. Okay. So 
When they came back here, the same thing sort of remained. They moved to Italian with my dad, real Italian, and still dialect uh, to each other and to my aunt. So when I was born, many years later, they kept talking dialect to each other and Italian to me because it was like, no, kids, they need to, you know. But so I can totally understand the dialect from that area, Monferrato, but I cannot speak it. I can only uh, say a few sentences. But what is really, really interesting is that, well, first of all, it's a totally different language, like many different dialects in Italy, but it's very similar to French, obviously, because of the history of Piedmont. But when I say totally different, like uh, my grandma used to say, uh, you know, all the time to my dad, like, wear your seatbelt, for goodness sake, something like that every time we were on a, in the car, because like, my dad was kind of, my grandfather was kind of lazy. And it's like, butta la cinghia, reno signor. Butta la cinghia. In Italian, it will be metti la cintura. You see how different that is? Anyway, I can speak a little bit of it and I love it. Now, I'll give you another few reasons to go to Piedmont and visit Piedmont. Food and wine. Mm -hmm. So, as for IGP, DOP, you know, this famous, so we have cheese, very famous cheese, like Pastelmagno or Toma Piemontese, amazing cheese. And then hazelnuts, chestnuts, and red apple from Cuneo. As for wines, Barolo, Barbaresco, Barbera, and Roero are the most famous ones, but you also have other that are really, really good, mostly red, of course, from that area. And dishes, well, of course, risotto al barolo. So risotto with barolo, red wine, which is like, wow, amazing. And then the typical dishes from Piedmont are bagna cauda, which is like an anchovy-based sauce where you dip raw vegetables. And it's kind of, yeah, having any good. And on, on, yeah, like similar, but not really, is il bagnette, which is like a sauce that is served boiled meat because boiled meat is typical of Piedmont. So you have different kinds of meat that are just boiled and then you dip them, uh, the meat into this different two kind of sauces. And then Agnolotti. Now, Agnolotti is the um, name that they gave in Piedmont to ravioli, but they're a little smaller, okay? And the most famous ones are Aitre Arrosti, so three different kinds of roasted meat. Gli Agnolotti del Plin, uh, it's like a little bit smaller, kind of special and unique stuffing, filling with meat. And then other typical dishes from Piedmont, like traditionally from Piedmont, are vitello tonnato, which is like veal on a tuna sauce. Did you say, sorry to interrupt, but did you say veal on a tuna sauce? Yes, that's what I said. Okay, just making sure. It's amazing. Have you ever had vitello tonnato? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds strange. Okay. So, vitello tonnato, Nathan is laughing so I cannot talk, but I'll talk to you, dear listeners. I'm not looking at Nathan right now. And then we have insalata russa, which is originally from Piedmont. Now, insalata russa literally means Russian 
salad. But it's not Russian nor salad, okay? <laughs> because you will love this one. Do you know Insalata Rusa? Have you ever tried it, Nathan? No. Okay, so go to the supermarket first thing tomorrow and buy some Insalata Rusa because it's going to be your favorite. It's boiled vegetables, simply carrots, and, and then put into a soft and light mayonnaise. And you eat that with your meat. So you're going to love it. Insalata Rusa. Now, the fun thing is that people in Russia or that area anyway that know what Insalata Rusa is, they say it's French or European salad. I don't know why we say Russian, but that's, that's how we call it. And now let's get to dessert so everyone is happy because we all want dessert, right? So the most typical, um, not really dessert, but beverage from Piedmont, beside wine, is il bicherin. Il bicherin, it means the small glass, literally. And it's a coffee-based beverage with dark chocolate and milk. Amazing. Weren't you the one who didn't like warm milk, but only cold milk, or the other way oh. around? Yeah, yeah. Warm milk? No, we don't do warm milk. No. Yeah. How do you think hot chocolate is made with warm milk? I basically am drinking milk chocolate. Okay. That's a whole different story than like something that's supposed to be cold and crisp that you eat with cereal or a donut. It's just a whole different thing. Or like homemade brownies or chocolate chip cookies, cold milk. Mmm. Agree to disagree, but okay. In our hearts, Vera, I will always be an American and you will always be an Italian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and finally, baci di dama. Baci di dama. So ladies' kisses. They're wonderful cookies. Okay, think of an Oreo. Sorry. <laughs> but it's like bigger on both sides and then it's filled with an ace of nut um cream and even the cookies are like not flavor like hazelnut and it's just the best baci di dama latest kisses and finally marron glacé now you see even the name is french now marroni it's a kind of chestnut that it's a little bit bigger than regular chestnut and this is like sugar coated and dried for a long time and then it's like mushy and covered and this but still you have the chestnut flavor marron glacé i swear enough about food now let's get to our song and our movie and then we can all go and have lunch or dinner whatever time it is where you are right now so it's not really a song that i'm suggesting but you have to listen to ludovico einaudi he's a world wide famous pianist and composer mm -hmm. just you know google ludovico einaudi he's like the best and he is a contemporary composer i mean he x62 that and his musics are just the best so probably they won't bring you exactly to piedmont but to italy and he's like the best so you have to listen to him and movie i wanted to you know it's kind of weird because it's not an italian it's actually in english but it's uh an italian romantic film with in actors that speak english la correspondence 
in Italian. And uh, it is directed and written by Giuseppe Tornatore, so I'm Italian. We'll see Piedmont there. But most importantly, it is doubled in Italian. So you can watch it in English and then again in Italian like we do with our conversations. So you know what's going on already. Oh, not only am I hungry, uh, as usual, when you're done with one of your segments, but oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch the film, listen to that composer, and of course, go have some fabulous food and wine in Pimonte. Mm -hmm. I'll come with you. Yes, you will. We have so many things that we're going to do together across Italy. But we have to go to get, I've been obsessed about those cookies that you've been talking about. So we've got to go. I'm like, because anytime I hear that something's hard to get or rare or unusual or they're impossible, I want it, right? <laughs> I need to do a shout out right now to one of my students, Irina. Ciao, Irina because we were having a session the other day and she was like, I need to tell you something. Now, don't get mad, don't get mad. And she sort of disappeared, went out of the screen and came back with a big box of Krumiri Rossi. She ordered them online after she heard the podcast and she was so curious and she wanted to know. Now, the whole point is that they are amazing. They're super, super good. And they're typical from Casale Monferrato, and I grew up with them. Obviously, they were a little bit more expensive than the regular store-bought industrial cookies, but they were really good and made right there fresh. Now, they became famous, they became a thing, so they became very, very expensive, even here in Italy, because all, all over the world, people want the Cromini Rossi. So now that it costs that much, I don't even want to know how much she spent for that box because I think it's really a lot. So at that point, you expect something, wow, out of this world. It's a very, very good cookie, but still, it's a cookie. You know, it's flour, sugar, eggs, and that's it. Maybe a little bit of vanilla. We said this already. Yeah, it's very, very good. And if you come to Italy or if you have the chance to try them, try them. But yeah, probably not worth the price that's okay we'll go and we'll go directly to the source i'm looking forward to it well that brings us to our surrounding sound for today's episode before we get into that let's quickly thank our sponsors expressvpn is a service that you are going to need when you move to italy or anytime you travel in italy or anywhere in the world and you need to stay connected and protected to your home You'll be able to use your streaming services. You'll be protected when you're using public Wi-Fi. You'll be able to use it to make calls and send text messages. And you'll be able to avoid being tracked by big tech companies. So visit imovingtoitaly.com, click on the links, and you get three months for free when you sign up for one year. Also, Babbel Language is one of our wonderful sponsors. By following our links and signing up for the one-year or lifetime membership, you save more than 50% off. Babbel Language is one of the absolute best language learning programs available. I have been using it for the past year, and it is absolutely fantastic. I prefer the lifetime membership, so you buy it once and you have it for the rest of your life for any of their languages. So visit imovingtoitaly.com and click on the links to save more than 50%, sometimes up to 60% off of their memberships. 
And of course, if you are looking for the best language coach, you're going to want to reach out to our fabulous co-host, Vera Sarzano. She is available for one-on-one language lessons and group language classes, of which I am personally in both. Vera has helped me tremendously with my Italian, and she can help you too. You better sign up soon, because soon you will only be able to sign up for her online courses that she's going to sell and buy her books. But if you want her to coach you personally, reach out to her at kikelanguage.com. That's C-H-I-C-C-H-E, language.com. And also, if you need help moving to Italy, if you are stuck, if you need a coach, you need someone to hold your hand, you don't know where to start, you need help with healthcare issues, with residency, with moving, whatever you need help with, I'm available two days a week. Reach out to imovingtoitaly.com, click on the links for Coaching with Nathan, and I would be thrilled to help you. Now, Nathan, I have a question about that because I had some of my listeners or Instagram followers or students reaching out. I wanted to know if you're only coaching people who are actually moving to Italy already or you if you can help even if they're just coming for a holiday or you know a shorter period of time just to see how Italy is well that's a good question Vera I have not done any of my paid coaching clients none of them have actually requested that but I have to tell you that many people that I'm not coaching but just are acquaintances from my life family members etc that want to visit Italy I get messages from them regularly and I have basically put together itineraries for people practically and given them places to avoid times to visit what to see what not to see and so yes if you need help with that I would be happy to help you that would be my pleasure so Basically, it's anything that you need help with related to Italy. I'm happy to help you. All right, well, that brings us to our surrounding sounds. And today we're going to be sharing some sounds from Andre and Barrett, their family, and some of just their daily life of being out and about in the city of Turin. So here are some sounds that Barrett and Andre shared with me. Just random things throughout their day, being out and about in the city, getting a coffee, going to a cafe, being at home, just general sounds from their lives. So enjoy these sounds, and Vera and I will be back afterwards to say goodbye. Alice. 
Overa, do you feel like you just had a quick little visit to Pimonte? Yeah, I miss it so, so much. Thank you for the surrounding sounds. Oh, thank you, Vera. It was so great learning more about the region of Piemonte from you. Thank you so much for everything you shared with us today. And we look forward to being back here with you next week for another episode. Non vedo l'ora. Ci vediamo la settimana prossima. Ciao a tutti. Wherever you are listening to the sound of our voices today, we hope you are healthy and well. And we look forward to being here with you next week for another episode. So until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao. <laughs>